Hey everyone, and welcome to the Open Podcast with Keith and Michaela. <sighs> Hi, Keith. Hi. If you guys want to be clued into our world right now, I we're trying something new where Keith is and I are on video on Zoom while recording this, and we get to see each other's faces, and it's definitely different. Do you feel like it's different? It is. I. I have noticed that recently as we moved into this this Zoom video world that there's like a different, almost like um, texture to voice conversations as there are to video ones. So I, I I prompted you in saying that I may look away and just look out the window and talk on the on the mic sometimes because that's what I often do on phone calls. Hmm. Okay, well you just take care of yourself. <laughs> I'm feeling. I'm feeling yawny right now and I'm and I have an insecurity that I'm going to yawn in the podcast and you're going to be mad at me. Hmm. <laughs> can you can confirm or deny if you will be mad at me so I can I plead, I plead my the, emotional regulation? I'm going to plead the fifth and I have a story that as soon as we start talking about one of these topics you're going to get you'll be very awake and excited. <sighs> <laughs> Uh-huh. All right. Well, entertain me, please. Okay. So uh, we have a topic that we want to talk about, yeah? I think so. Drum roll. It's about equality mm-hmm. and the desire to treat each other as equals. And my oh, no. desire for us to not be treated as equals. <laughs> I, I do not think I'm equal to a man. I don't want to be equal to a man. Why not? Um, I just have a perception that we're like entirely different species with entirely different things going on. And so it's like to, to, to assign how we're treated across the board. It's just like, what? It just does not make sense to my brain. I don't have a lot of cognitive ideas or thoughts about it, but I'm just like, even how women cycle uh, is through their, through their moon pre- their moon cycle is just like so different than anything mm. a man will experience in his lifetime. And the stuff that men go through is just so different than anything women will ever experience. Yeah. And I'm really curious about people who do um, a sex change and what it's like to be in a different body mm-hmm. with maybe having more of a traditional cycle. Like if a woman trans Darling, this is a politically correct podcast, so I think you mean gender reassignment surgery. I, I don't know. <laughs> sex change is so so eighties. Oh, sex change is eighties. Yeah. It's not politically correct anymore. Okay, so gender reassignment <laughs> surgery. Yeah, surgery. Okay, I get confused because gender is different than sex. But what I'll say is that I'm just curious, like if a woman transitions to a male body, <clears throat> does that human still experience having a cycle in the way that a woman would have a period cycle emotionally yeah. or maybe not because they take hormones that change this shit's really interesting to me yeah but. no it depends i think it depends on the procedure if they take out all of the internal um reproductive organs then they would lose their cycle and have to be on okay. replacements okay but i bring up the topic of like what yeah. makes gender gender what makes sex sex what makes you know women women mask men men Anyway, not what we're here to talk about today. Yeah, exactly. It's a bit of a rabbit hole. But I, 
you're you're bringing up this topic of like don't want to be equal and i i think something i've been working with a lot is is that fair is not equal things should be fair amongst men and women but not necessarily equal just as you're describing like we have different ways we're we're, we're in the world different ways we like to be treated and for me trying to make things exactly equal is a big mistake it sort of homogenizes men and women into the middle and it's like neither uh, neither group is fully happy if we're expected to just be some kind of uh, person without these inherent characteristics. And fairness is like, I like this and you like that, and they're different, not equal, but fair. Yeah, you know, it brings up this infographic that I remember seeing when I was in college that was talking about like race or socioeconomic status or any other inequality that's at large at play in our society where they said this is what is equal and there was a fence and a baseball game happening over the fence and three kids and the kids were all three different heights and what was equal is that they give them all a milk crate to stand on however the shortest kid even standing on the milk crate could still not could not see over the fence yet and the taller kid didn't need a milk crate. He's seeing far beyond the fence. And so then the alternative, which would be fair, is that the you're bringing them all into, like you're meeting them where they're at of what they're needing to achieve or fairness, a baseline of fairness, basically, that they can all see over the fence. Hmm. Hey, there's, there's a part of me like taking a deep breath right now because that is... Uh... Um, that's that's a kind of different thing of, for me around uh, equity versus equality, which is a different mm -hmm. different thing. And it would bring me down like a political rabbit hole that I, I don't think I want to go into on our podcast. <laughs> yeah, you guys have to pay for our Patreon to <laughs> yeah, yeah. talk about really crunchy shit. Uh, but you, we, we started this idea, you had an example of yeah. why you didn't want to be treated equally, I think you said, or yeah, you witnessed so something. Yeah, I was recently at an event that I run called Carnival Dungeon um, with a man named McNaughty here in Puerto Rico. And it's a BDSM and kink expo. And we run it out of our community home. And it's like a highly curated event um, that wants to create a space for exploration of these edges with BDSM and kink and stuff. And there was a man who was this older man who came and I really like sending some of my assistants around to some of our different participants and having them be like fantasy angels and go and inquire with people about something that they want to experience that they think they never could or that they would never allow themselves to want or they think that they're not kinky or they think, you know, A, B and C. I could never do that because that's mean or whatever. And this older man, I walked up to him and I was like, hey, like, why are you here? What's something you want to experience tonight? And he was like, I don't know anything about this stuff. And I have a girlfriend who lives in Lithuania. And she asked me to be more creative in sex. <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah, I know what she's talking about. <laughs> you know, like, I can help you, okay? Like, and I was like, kudos to her for how she asked that. Can you be more creative? Like, oh, my God, that's really good. And so I, at the time, had a sub on a leash that was standing next to me. And I was like, here, grab this leash, and I want you to walk this human 
down to the other side of this room and come back. So he walked her to the other side and he came back. And I was like, how was that for you? And he was like, I feel bad. I feel bad. And I said, why did you feel bad? And he said, because I like to treat women as my equal. And so I looked at her and I said, did you like being walked on the leash? And she said, yeah, I felt so safe. I felt really taken care of. I felt like I didn't have to think about anything. I was just being told what to do. And I was like, do you want to be treated as his equal? And she was like, no. Mm -hmm. And so I looked at him and I was like, in my world, if I wanted to treat someone as my equal, I part of doing that would be respecting requests that they're making of me and honoring them and believing them as an adult versus thinking I know what's best for them. And so that could look like her being like, I don't want you to treat me equal. I actually want you to speak to me in a degrading way, or I want you to do A, B, and C. And it was something that I found really interesting that a lot of men who have this complex of being the good guy or the nice guy or the safe one um, often do not have the kind of relationships that they want often do not have a relationship with women that they want. Mm-hmm. And most of the men that I know that are happy and content in the relationships they have are really in touch with their inner perpetrator and their inner killer or their inner sadist or some darker energy in them that they have owned and integrated that supports polarity with this other person. Yeah, I, I love that example. I think it comes back to this thing around fair versus equal. It's like, it doesn't look equal. One person's pulling someone around on a leash, right? But it's fair in the sense of they're both getting what they want. And I think in the in the kink world, in the BDSM world, um, a lot of that is is happening, right? Where one person is maybe um, inflicting inflicting strong word, but like inflicting maybe some kind of sensation or pain. The other person's receiving it. Um, it looks like a kind of power dynamic, but assuming it's consensual, which it should be. Um, it's extremely fair because both people are having their, their needs met. And again, you know, we talk about polarity a lot. It's like creating these polarities, uh, is actually what, what can bring a lot of pleasure and dynamism into relationships. Yeah, yeah. I agree completely. And then there I was don't... something around this man projecting his own idea of what, yes, what a good girl is or what he wants his partner to or be. Or what equal is. What, yeah. what equal looks like right. versus ever checking in with her. To yeah. me, yeah. equal is checking in with someone else and giving them a fucking voice yeah. to even ask her yeah. what they want, whether it's them wanting to step on their face or beat their ass or worship their feet. Yeah. It brings up another uh, story for me around my current partner. And when we first started dating a few months ago, and I probably was having some kind of emotional breakdown around feeling jealous or something. Who knows? You know me. But he he had no interest in having the same agreements for each other. He was like, we can make agreements with each other, but the agreements I have with you, you don't need to have with me, or vice versa. And that was the first time in my life I had ever fucking heard anything like that. I've always just like been in partnerships where people are like, what's good for the goose is good for the gander. Like you, if you get to do that, then I get to do that. Or if you don't like that, then I don't like that. And just like having to feel the same way about fucking everything. And at the time with this partner, I was also in a triad with another man and a woman. And this 
other man that was basically my other boyfriend would come over and hang out with me and we'd have sex, et cetera, all in the same house as my other partner. And he was like so unfazed by it. Mm-hmm. And there was a part of me that wanted him to be more faced by it. That was like, how are you not faced by this? I want you to care. I want to know that you care and your care for me is measured by how jealous you get or how mm-hmm. reactive you get, which is a mm-hmm. whole other fucking podcast. Yeah. <laughs> which I think many of us were trained to think. Yeah. And then at the same time, I'm freaking out if he's like alone in a room with a woman. I'm like, what are they doing? I want to like go spy. And, and I'm like, and I felt guilty. And I was like, oh my God, he's, he's allowing you to have sex with this other partner and not feeling impacted. And you're having a hard time with him even being interested in someone else. And when I shared like all of this with him, he is basically like, yeah, I mean, I don't have any interest in having the same agreements with you because I want our agreements to be fair, not equal. Exactly. And so what fair could look like is you could be triggered, Michaela, by me cuddling with someone else and me not be triggered by you having sex with someone else. So that doesn't make sense that our agreement would be that we don't cuddle with people. Because I'm not, not, I'm not phased by that. And so, and again, all this shit is so fluid. Yeah. It's so fluid. And like, we can lose this permissioning and this trust. If someone breaks an agreement, we lock down more, we become more rigid. We do that also when we're hurt. So, you know, this, you have to be willing to be in the dance of the relationshiping together. However, it was like mind blowing to me and felt so good in my system to be like, yeah, actually that makes sense. Like I should be allowed to cuddle with other people Mm -hmm. because what we're trying to do is mitigate impact in relationship. It's not about us trying to protect each other's fragile system, but you also like a relationship is not sustainable for two people to be in fucking trigger all the time. So I would say a fair fair relationship agreement is like, we're committed to leaning into our edges Mm-hmm. we're committed to challenging one another and growing and also i have no interest to fucking trigger you all the time yes and i would i would add the one piece that and i each of us have our own needs that will sometimes be in conflict with the impact like the the impact on the other side so i like that term of mitigating or softening impact and that we're if, if we're trying to alleviate impacts we're just becoming kind of people pleasers and not yeah. having your own needs met so that's why there's this there's this kind of constant tension in the relational field of um, can we still be ourselves and have our needs met knowing that some of those will, um, will create potentially emotional impact on our partners and which ones are we, are we able to potentially compromise on or negotiate? And it's interesting that you and I have been in similar paths, like um, my current partnership, uh, We've also been practicing non-monogamy and early on um, I was I was I was dating a little more regularly and in in this idea of fairness my partner like specifically went out and, and went on a number of dates to kind of in her mind keep things balanced um, my story is that that wasn't deeply fulfilling for her it wasn't actually what she was looking for and so like that wasn't what it, her authentic expression wasn't her authentic expression it was coming more- to make sure it's even it, yeah, it was, it was, it was wanting to make things equal and yeah, which makes sense. And so it started this whole conversation around, I'm like, no, I want to make things fair. Right. So what is it for you that you need either from me and how I date or 
in your own life and, and how you want to interact with others that can create an, a, a sense of fairness. And I know some people, for example, in non-monogamous relationships where only one of the partners um, interacts sexually with other people yep. and it works. They find a way that, that it still becomes fair. It's still fair for them. It's clearly not equal, right? If totally, one person totally. is engaged, but they find a way um, through their agreements, through their other interactions that, that there's a, a level of fairness. And so that's something I've been really aware of in my own system. We've been working on in our relationship. And I love the point that you make around one way, uh, one way agreements. It's like, um, I mean, I guess an agreement's always two ways, but like, they don't have to be the same. Like the things I need from my partner aren't the same thing she needs from me. Yes. Yes. And exactly. so negotiation. Yeah. Yeah. I agree completely. And, you know, and people are different, like depending on what you believe in, you know, whether it's your human design, whether it's your astrology, mm -hmm. whether it's your Enneagram type, whether it's your attachment style, those things all change what we need to exist, yeah. what our baseline need for this avatar that we're inside of, you know, needs to survive or whatever. I have a really high need for variety. Mm. And for a various amount of interactions, if you look at my human design, you believe in that shit, I'm quadruple split definition, which is a really rare type that basically has four different sections defined that all don't communicate with each other. And so I need to have a lot of different types of people around that help me connect with different parts of myself and help different parts of myself communicate with each other. And someone who's a split definition, like they're just communicating, you know, they're, they're fine. They're communicating, you know, they just need one person. Single. I'm a single you're... definition, for example. Right. Like I don't have that. Like you, you get, don't have you... any, you don't need yeah. anybody to have. I don't need anyone. I, I truly am to have the lone wolf. Right. And your system, like you, different parts of you get turned on, like not necessarily sexually, but just activated when you're with yes. different areas. And I remember our, we did, a, we did a reading together and, and the person said that you, she's like, you, you are like the one person who really should be non-monogamous because like you need these different energies in your life. <laughs> uh, yeah. As you said, quadruple split definitions are like the, the only true polyamorous human yeah. design um, because they actually are not their whole selves. This is just yeah. one philosophy yeah. and yeah. one belief system. If you believe in that stuff, but uh, I find it's pretty fucking accurate. And I got, I did a big combo ceremony with um, a bunch of clients yesterday and I came home and someone in our local community learned, he texted me and was like, Hey, want to hang out? I'm like, I'll be in combo ceremony. And he's like, I want to wait at your house until you're done with your ceremony. And basically like, just take care of you and give you an energy work, like cleansing session after you have just served. And I was so deeply touched. And I love that that doesn't all have to be on my partner. Like I come home under fucking resourced and there's another man waiting for me to take care of me, to bring me back to a baseline. So my other partner doesn't have to deal with a bunch of off gassing bullshit. So he starts to work on me and doing energy work. And he starts like seeing all these beings in my room with me and all these guides and shit. And like, there's very much a part of me that has that in me as well. That has a, like a lot of visuals that has a lot of psychic intuition, different things like that. When I'm not around people like that, it kind of goes away. When I'm around more people like that, it activates this seeing perception it, yeah. for me. And so 
when he was working on me, he was like fucking ripping parasites and snake off snakes off my spine and shit. And I was like blood curdling, screaming <laughs> in pain. And like, we're going, it was fucking shamanic, you know, we're going on this journey together and he's seeing what I'm seeing. <coughs> right? It's like, I don't know how you make this shit up, you know? And he starts to speak light language and these different languages and stuff. And we start speaking to each other in these languages. And it's something that is like a little bit rare for me to have, but when someone else's system is around me, it turns my system on Mm -hmm. in that area of my system, not necessarily like arousal, but it like, is like, yep, this part of you is turned on. And sometimes I'm like, Oh, I forgot about this part. I miss this part. I miss this like more woo woo ethereal live in the solar system cosmos part. That's just like, doesn't no speak English. It's just like fucking speaks, speaks, the, speaks the language of the fucking aliens. Yeah. I love you. <laughs> this is good. Now I'm appreciating that we could see each other. Uh... And you bring out, like, one thing I remember when I first fucking met you, we started hanging out, is I would be like, you you make me fucking giggle. Mm. Like, no other. Like, we would be, like, fucking college girls or college boys together. And we'd just be in stitches at a potluck in the corner, just, like, fucking laughing, shooting the shit, like, beer drinking buddies energy. And I've always loved that about you because I, like, don't... My constitution is like pretty against joy and doesn't allow a lot of joy Mm. in my life. Mm. And so like to have someone I have light fucking fun with, I'm with you and Kate, but like, it's just like so nice that fucking feel joy. Yeah. Yeah. (sighs) I'm, yeah, I'm just, I'm, I'm appreciating this and, and something been up in my own life and relationship is also, still exploring this what is non-monogamy actually and um and i think one thing that i've i'm it's really clear to me that i'm a non-monogamous being um however i can imagine being non-monogamous and sexually exclusive i'm like that's that's coming up which is like under under the terms of monogamy like how you and i enter you and interact would be some kind of violation with my own, with my partner and your partner, um, just in the emotional intimacy we share and, 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 and even, you know, physical touch and being naked in front of each other and these kinds of things. Um, and there are other people in my life where I, I, I have things like this and, um, and it, it just, for me, it allows my system so much more freedom. You mentioned earlier, this like novelty, I have it too. Like there are, even though we don't have the same human design, like I, there's just different aspects and people in my life that bring these different parts out of me. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are the very like serious people that keep me accountable in my work. Um, there's the, you know, my housemate who we just kind of have a joyous, fun, uh, laughter kind of relationship, but also deeply emotionally supportive. Of course, my main partner where we have, um, we connect on all the levels and, and all these things. And it just feels, it's so rich. It's like this tapestry of human connection and, I, um, somehow I, even in the conversations I've had recently around, like, is monogamy an option for us? Like, are we, will we consider it? There's something in my system that just, I feel it like in my solar plexus, just like, it like gets like knotted up. Yeah. I love uh, that. And, um, and so that's the current area of exploration for me around just what is, what is that? Like, what, what, 
why does it just a definition feel like it like takes some kind of freedom away or, or limits me? Um, yeah. Yeah. It feels like death to me <clears throat> and, and self-betrayal in some way. And part of me is like, look, this could be my specific neurosis. Mm-hmm. Like this could be literally just my need for freedom, my need yes. for sovereignty, my need for like being avoiding and not leaning in, my aversion to intimacy and closeness. Mm-hmm. I'm like, that that could all be part of it. And there's something deeper that's a fucking soul resonance yeah. or soul vibration that is just like, no. Yeah. And again, like you said, it doesn't mean going around having sex with other people. It doesn't mean necessarily having other partners, but like, I consider you as one yeah. of my life partners. Yeah. I'm like, you are like one of few, like probably you and Erica are like mm-hmm. the only people in my life currently outside of my relationship that I'm like, we're raising kids together. Just so you guys know, get ready for the commune. It's coming. You know, like we're going to like, I'm going to your parents' funeral with you. You know, it's like that kind of shit. And I think in the, in the olden days that might be considered friendship, but like you said, there's a little bit more expanded friendship that if a regular monogamous person off the street saw how I interact with other people or how my partner interacts with other people, they'd be like, you guys are not monogamous. And in our world, like, yes, we are. Um, And so I just dropped a bomb that I'm monogamous now. I wonder how all of our listeners are going to <laughs> Yes, it's true. I'm off the market, everyone. <laughs> Sorry, Jay. <laughs> uh, well, I think, I mean, according to what, what we're talking about here, I would still say you're not monogamous, you're, you're, but you're sexually exclusive. Yeah, 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 exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, and there's like, there's also... We're going all over the map on this one, mm-hmm. but I, I'm digging it. I'm like, we're getting a little bit of buffet. There's also an element of like noticing just the different energetics that tend to come up or want to move through you in relationship to any other person. There are people that I interact with that we just have platonic energy. We always have. We always will. Maybe that's my that's what I would bet on. Who knows, though? I'm not attached to it. And then other people that it's just like. I don't even feel that attractive to, but there's just sexual energy in my body when I'm around them. And sometimes I'm like, I don't, I'm not interested in having sex with them yet. I feel a lot of life force, a lot of creative energy, a lot of sexual energy come through and or romantic energy. Sometimes I feel romantic energy towards someone that I don't want to be sexual with. And like, I just love researching my own psyche with this and learning about myself and learning about humans about the way that different people can evoke different parts of you out. Like Eric, like I spoke with you last time Erica was assisting us. I'm like, we got in the car. I'm like, I have never wanted to fucking make money in the way that I want to make money when Erica fucking supports us just so I can take care of her and her <laughs> her full life. Yeah. Like it turns me on how much she wants to serve me that I'm like, I will do anything to just like make millions of fucking dollars just to take care of this woman so she can be free. Right. And you don't have that with anyone else. No, like, exactly. I don't really care. I want to be taken care yeah. of. Exactly. I want people to be like, so I don't know to do anything. <clears throat> and so I can be free. But the way she shows up so softly and tenderly in her feminine of wanting to serve, like, I'm just like, I want to fucking protect you. 
I want to fucking take care of you. I don't want you to ever have to worry about anything. I want you to like get to be free enough to make us dinner as much as you want because you like fucking and just like not have to worry about then going to work later and then cleaning up the kitchen or, like all this stuff it's really interesting and a, a deeper dive into learning about my own masculine because of the way she shows up in her feminine and then i in turn i show up in that way in my feminine this is what it evokes out of men that I want to be with. And I say men, it could evoke it out of another woman. I've been in a relationship with women before, but specifically in, at this time, I'm wanting to be with men. And so it's, I'm getting to learn by my own reaction of how my masculine's evoked, of how I want to evoke the masculine in someone else. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm still on this, um, <clears throat> kind of on this thread of, how different people evoke different things in us. And it's like this, for me, it's like this search towards like, it's like a, who am I question, like towards, towards wholeness in a way. And I think for, uh, for many years, you know, I've been on a contemplative path and a lot of meditation and things like that. And there's a, there's a kind of a, who am I in that field, which is who am I in the cave, right? Which is like beyond Keith and the self and, um, there is some fundamental who am I that we're all connected in. And yet in the last few years, it's, it's, I put kind of all my eggs in the connection basket. And that's been a very alive experiment of, of, I actually don't know who I am in isolation and actually having more reference points. And, and what I teach in authentic relating is called a hologram where you kind of through a two dimensional image you see a, a through you shine light through a, a 2d thing and then you get a 3d image back and so like interacting with different people you get all these reflections of yourself um and if you're and when i find myself i'm actually when i'm actually open to learning and being surprised about myself i i, I do i start to value um many of these connections uh even more and i'm just <clears throat> I think I'm, I'm somehow I'm sitting now with like motivation. I'm still on my own, my own dialogue with my partner around, <clears throat> you know, my desire for, for non-monogamy and for interactions with other women. I'm like what, what is that actually? Like, I still don't think I have a perfect answer for it. Um, there, it, there's, there's like light and shadow to it. And like a, a, like a light side being the things we're talking about where like certain people just evoke a certain part of me that I love being with and, um, and interacting with other human with that for whatever reason, my partner doesn't just like, I don't activate all those parts in her. Um, and then there is a shadowy side around, um, you know, sexual validation and, um, you know, getting, being, being seen and acknowledged by, by, by a woman in some way. And so I'm just, I'm in that right now, that, that inquiry around like, what, what is this like a tr what, what part of this is a true need in my system of how i want to be in the world and what part of it is shadow material of like yeah all the things you named earlier about avoidance and fear and like not wanting to get too intimate and keeping a, a, a foot out the door and you know balancing keeping your emotions spread around so that one person can't hurt you all that much, like all that shadowy stuff. Which, which <clears throat> is heightened with the eight on the Enneagram. Mm. And so it's like that 
aversion towards closeness and wanting to keep like, you know, uh, love like diversified in some way or like decentralized. Right. Uh, it's, it's a protection strategy and it's quite wise. And then there's also another element that's like, and there's wisdom in it and it's not wrong. Yeah. Right. And it's just like, where is it coming from? What's the motivation behind this? Mm-hmm. I also sometimes am like, you know, when we're all like inauthentic or ladyville emotion, psychology, therapy, we're like, oh, I have needs. I'm like, look, humans have two needs, food and water. Yeah. You know, it's like we don't you like cool. It's a need. But like, you're not going to fucking die if you don't get it. So that's you can hear how I talk to myself now. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> But it's it's hard because it's like, okay, well, it's a need. Is it a desire? Mm-hmm. You know, like, and like, what's going to happen if you don't get it? But basically to me in relationship, mm-hmm. it's like, what's the bare minimum you're willing to agree to in order to stay in this relationship? And then what's your highest joy? Yes. And I don't want to operate from a bare minimum place. However, yeah. it's important to know what your bare minimum is. Because bare minimum is still probably fucking pretty good if you have some good self-esteem and know how to ask for what you yeah. want. Like I'm happy to settle on my bare minimum with my partner because my bare minimum my bare minimum is quite high. Mm-hmm. Um, and then on everything else in addition to that is icing on the cake. Hmm. Hmm. And like, how do we discover? You know, this is this is just an existential question. How do we discover? The motivation of where this is coming from of like you know the part that wants to be with multiple people is it coming from an avoidant part and is it across the board that all polyamorous people are avoidant and have intimacy issues fuck no they have intimacy kinks yeah. and they love it so much they want it with multiple people well you know it's uh i don't know if we i think we had did our last podcast on nominogamy before i had read polysecure this this book about attachment theory and and polyamory and um this uh the author poses this i think her name is jessica fernick right in the beginning this idea some people think well we can only really have secure attachment with one person and she's like well you had two parents right that you developed that with growing up like so already kind of shattering that like it is humanly possible to to have attachment-based relationships with more than one person um and you know she goes on to in over hundreds of pages to describe the complexity of of doing that with just one person or many in different scenarios but um it's possible and Even if you're monogamous i highly recommend reading that book with your partner yeah, yeah. it's it's primarily mm-hmm. about attachment theory in my opinion more than it is about polyamory but there's bits about relating with other people would you right. agree with like, that totally like even if you're if you're you know, completely monogamous, but like, like you said, you're going to potentially be on a business trip with other people or, or, you know, at parties and in different scenarios and other, there will be some form of, um, whatever, and you know, sexual energy will be in the field. And how do you relate to it in a monogamous relationship? And she gives a number of, um, really beautiful kind of like conversational checklist, like ask these questions to each other. And just getting like really clear on, I think this is, I kind of want to go this way anyway, around agreements and things of like making sure like your, your, your context is clear. Like, are you playing the same game in a way, you know? You and your partner? Yeah. And even I, I've had this, like, even around words, for example, like, um, I, I had a, like partnership, for Word. example, I was in a, 
uh, somewhat short relationship a couple of years ago and we're both like, yeah, we both want partnership. Easy enough, right? And then, but when, when shit hit the fan and things kind of fell apart and we started talking about what we envisioned, what that word meant for us, it was vastly different, uh, vastly different. And so just the kind of core of authentic relating here, making the implicit explicit is so important. It's like, what do we actually mean by um, a partnership or uh, non-monogamy or polyamory or you know, all, all these, all these kind of things and getting really clear on them, it, it, which is an ongoing process. Yeah. I think it's like you, honestly, you hit the nail on the head in my opinion of like the human condition, which is like, like none of us are like, we all have different meanings for words. Even yeah. if we have a baseline sentence definition of it, it's still like, what do we make that mean? What do we make those words mean of the sentence that defines this other word? And like, yeah, how to find alignment. And like you said, partnership meaning different things, loyalty meaning different things. The past week I've had so many women come and do both sessions with me and just seek solace with me of being like, if this man cared about me, he would blank. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, no, right. that's, that's not true. I actually hearing what you're sharing, I think this man really cares about you. And he, your need for him to do A, B, and C or express care in a certain way isn't happening. But there is no, if someone cared about me, they would blank. Like newsflash, we all grew up in entirely different cultures and environments, our yeah. family being one of the many subcultures we're exposed to. Yeah. And we all have, like some people express love and connection through fucking conflict, through arguing. I'm sure you know these people, mm -hmm. I'm one of them. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and uh, yeah. it's just more like some people connect through being passive aggressive and making digs at each other and I'm like I'd rather be punched in the face than like ha be like stabbed in the back you know I don't like the like side jabs I'm like what is that indirect bullshit um, but different people are, learn both different protective strategies and different strategies at connecting they're often you know this Keith as an authentic relating teacher uh ineffective yeah <laughs> very ineffective at yeah. getting us connection however we're kind of like these underdeveloped parts that weren't raised by two therapists and even then um are trying to get a need met and don't understand why it's not getting met over and over and over yeah i'm like yeah i'm like envisioning i'm like well we, we have a whole workshop here maybe or at least several more podcasts around like getting to agreement and understanding each other's styles and um it's a very, very, very rich territory because it's, it's also very alive in my life right now. And, um, something I think a lot of people would, would, could, could benefit from at least starting to have these conversations. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. I felt like, I, I felt like the arc is over. Like the energy was like, yeah. and I'm like, Oh, I feel complete now. I imagine people listening are like, wait, no, keep talking about it. <laughs> it's good to leave a little cliffhanger. And uh... yeah, one thing on my mind is wanting to know how to get people to tell us what they want to hear about you know. or give us feedback or comment things um, on our, I don't know, I don't know this topic for another time, but hey guys, we want your feedback. 
I don't know how podcasts work, but I think you can make comments on Spotify or Anchor and rate rate us. You can rate us good or bad. Please, good. Um, And that's all for today. (laughs) Well, so there's that. Yeah. So, and I think most of you listening know us personally. So, um, contact us through. through whatever channel you already communicate with us. And I also want to say you're, you're going to be in Boulder in next week. And we're, we have a series of events. So those of you listening are in, in Colorado. I uh, have Michaela here for a week and a half. And March 3rd, we're doing our open event, which is our introductory Authentic Relating Meet Sexuality. And March 4th is the second tier in our open series called expand which uh, open is a requirement for but expand is like an all-day deep dive uh, really looking at where sexuality meets your edge and then the next week I'll pass it to you we have two more events that we've just created it'll be the first time we run them yeah we've got some newbie events um, that are new additions of some of the offerings we want to bring to the world and you do there are no prerequisites for those events uh one is going to be on Wednesday, March 8th, and it is going to be called Polarity, Embracing Our Differences. So we're going to be doing some polarity exercises and teaching how to create more polarity in your relationships. Then we have an all-day couples immersion. It's our first time offering an event for couples, and it's been requested many times. It's going to be all day Saturday, March 11th. And it's like an all day immersive. And we're going to be going through a range of different sacred sexuality practices, as well as integrating baseline communication skills. And something someone recently asked me was, hey, what if we're all like really advanced authentic relators? Will this still benefit us to come to this workshop? And I was like, first of all, if you're a human, you probably are really skilled in some areas. And then when it comes to your romantic partnership, you're quite shit. So I find that even just having a container that's telling me this is what you're doing with your partner now, just like having a personal trainer at a gym at a baseline is quite helpful. And that, you know, some of the feedback I've gotten recently is that people who have come to our workshops are like, wow, I've done a lot of fucking workshops and I haven't done some of the exercises you've done. And we love how new it feels. And so, yeah, so I would say absolutely come. You can message us. You can send us an email at offerings at the openinstitute.com if you have any questions or concerns or want to know more information. Great. Yeah. Thanks Mm. for joining us, everyone. Yeah, have a great day. Love you too. Love you too.